Hi, welcome to Pitt Town Church. We are so glad that you're listening to this podcast. We pray that this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you would like more information, check out our website at www.pitttownchurch.com. Good morning, everybody. This morning's reading will be Psalm 84, and we read from the Holman Christian Bible in this church. Please use the QR code at the back of your chair if you need the reading, or look on the screen. For the choir director on the Gittith, a psalm of the sons of Korah. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of hosts. I long and yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even a sparrow finds a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she places her young near your altars, Lord of hosts, my King and my God. How happy are those who reside in your house, who praise you continually, Scylla. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baker, they make it its source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion. Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Listen, God of Jacob. Selah. Consider our shield, God. Look on the face of your anointed one. Better a day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be at the door of the house of my God than to live in the tents of wicked people. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. Happy is the person who trusts in you, Lord of hosts. Well, welcome everyone. It is good to see you. Um, I've got the privilege of opening up God's word for us this morning. So why don't you join me as I pray for us today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you're the God who speaks to us. And Father, as you speak to us through your word, I pray that you would show us more of your son and that we'd be left in awe of him, longing after him more and more. And I pray all this in his precious name. Amen. We've got a question for you guys this morning. And my question is, what do you long for? As you can see, I I go for the right team, uh, the glorious team. Uh, me and a handful of other para fans, we've been we've been longing for this day for for a while. And look, it's not over yet. There's still one more game to go. I'm going to be preaching all day and then cheering on the mighty glorious eels, hoping, longing to see the eels lift that premiership. It's been 36 long years. I wasn't even alive when we won one. And I just thought there was like a few supporters here. But like we're all coming out of the woodwork now. It's great. It's amazing. Like during the week, um, like Pitt Town was just blue and gold. Even at Ruby's preschool, there were like teachers and kids in Eels jerseys and things. Longing for Para to win the premiership. But my question for you again is, what do you long for? 
Maybe you long for the same thing. But I think the things that we long for are the things that we think are going to make us happy. And so what do you long for? Do you long for that pay rise so you can go on that holiday? Or do you long for that pay rise so you can just pay the bills this week? Do you long for someone that you miss or someone who's not in your life? Do you long for that thing? Or do you long for your name to be imprinted in the history books? I don't know what it is for you, but what, what do you long for? What do you spend your time dreaming about? Because this psalm, this amazing psalm that was read for us, thank you, it's a psalm of deep longing. We see it, verse 1. The psalmist says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of armies. I, I long and yearn for the courts of the Lord. My, my heart and flesh cry out for the living God. See, some of us know, and maybe not all of us, but, but in, in, the old, in the Old Testament, God, he dwelt in a certain place. There was this mountain called Mount Zion, and upon Mount Zion was the city of God, Jerusalem, and in the city of God was a temple, and in the temple was a place called the Holy of Holies, and that's where God was. That's where he dwelt. Many think this psalm is while God's people are in exile, so the psalmist is away from this. But he says that this place is lovely. It's, it's dear to him. His, his whole being just longs to be there. His heart, flesh, soul, yearning for it. He speaks of the, the sparrows, the weakest of all the birds, and he talks about how they find their home and make their nest near this place, the place that he aches for. And he says in verse 4, he says, How happy are those who reside in your house, who, who praise you continually. Seller, pause, take it in. See, the psalmist, it says that he, he longs for the house of God and he's, he's longing for this building, but he's, he's not longing for the building in and of itself. Like he says that, but, but he's longing for the building because he, he wants to be where God is. He calls God the living God. He, he calls him my king, my God. And so the first thing I want us to pause and consider this morning is, do you long for God like this? Do you long for him at all? Because as we keep reading throughout the scriptures, we see that God, he doesn't reside in, in a building. God loved us so much that he sent his own son to dwell among us. So that through Jesus and through what he did on the cross, we now sinful people, we can have access to God now. We can hear God speak to us now through the Bible and we can pray to him and approach his, thro his throne of grace now in prayer. And so let me ask you do, you, 
Do you long for him? But not only that, as Christians, if we put our trust in him, we we know as we keep reading in Scripture that we're awaiting something glorious. That everlasting place on eternal Mount Zion. Heaven. Do you long for this? Is this you? I remember at school, one of the most memorable cadet camps, I think I only went on two, but the most memorable one probably lasted about a day when we went there, had the pack, had everything on, and uh, there was flash flooding, believe it or not. So we didn't just get like a little bit damp. It was like everything got wet, like it was boots and socks and, and pants and you keep going up and everything, sodden, even like the, the chocolate, the ration packs, everything's wet. And so the thing that, you know, kept me going was thinking about home, thinking about defrosting in the hot shower. Like that's, I was just thinking, hey, like it's, it's one day. Home is coming. And so as we, as we long for God, we, we do that in real life, in a real messy world. And the second thing I want us to pause and think about today is that in real life, in real time, Joy comes in the valley when we set our sights on the mountain. Joy comes in the valley when we set our sights on the mountain. Verse 5, the psalmist says, Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they they make it a source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion. Lord, God of armies, hear my prayer. Listen, God of Jacob. Selah. Pause. Now, we're not exactly sure what this valley of Baca is, we, we, we gather from the context in this psalm that it's dry, that it's barren, and it's also translated to be valley of tears. Yet it says that as God's people pass through the valley, it says that they will make it a, a place of refreshment. Like the, the autumn rains are going to come and, and springs are going to be there and they're going to be refreshed and you just sort of wonder, well, how does that happen? Verse 5 is the key, I think. Let's come to it. Let's look. It says this, verse 5. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. I think the ESV translates this in a different but helpful way too. It says, Verse 5 again, blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. What's the psalmist saying? He, He says that happy is the person, joyful is the person whose hearts are the highways to Zion. For the psalmist, that meant happy is the person, joyful is the person when their heart is longing after, when their heart is set on Zion, that that mountain 
where the temple was upon. So for us, we're strengthened, we're filled with joy when our hearts are highways to that everlasting Zion, the eternal resting place of God. I said at the start, we we long after so many different things. And I think the highways of our heart are just often just going in all different directions. The highways of our heart are often going towards stuff and relationships and jobs and personal acclaim. And some of these things, they're not bad in and of themselves. But I just want to challenge you to say that these highways that promise so much are cul-de-sacs that don't lead to the living God of life. The Bible says that they lead to emptiness. First, do you long after him in real life, in valleys? Do you long after him? Because secondly, joy in the valley comes when we set our sights on the mountain. Eternity with our God. I've been reading a little book by an old pastor, a guy called Richard Baxter, and he captures this idea, I think, really well. And I want to share a quote. It's a little bit longer, so stay with me, but I think it's really helpful. He says this. He says, A heavenly mind is a joyful mind. Can a man rest beside a fire and not be warm or or sit in the sunshine and not have light? Can your heart be in heaven and not have comfort? When the sun in the spring draws near our part of the earth, see how all the things rejoice in its approach. The earth looks green and and casts off her bare rags or mourning. The trees shoot forth, the plants revive, the pretty birds, how sweetly they sing. The faces of all things smile on us and all creatures rejoice. Beloved friends, if, if we would just try this life with God and keep our hearts above, what a spring of joy would be within us. How the face of our souls would be changed and all that is within us rejoice, how we would forget our winter sorrows and withdraw our souls from our sad retirements. Oh, Christian, get above. Believe it. That region is warmer than this one below. Whoever you are, therefore, who reads these lines, I entreat you in the name of the Lord as you value a life of constant joy to seriously set upon this work and learn this art of heavenly-mindedness. Church, joy in the valley comes when we set our sights on the mountain. For me, over the past few years and also for the past few months, this psalm has been a balm for my soul. as things are, as there are ups and downs in life. What are you longing for? 
You might be here today, here in person or listening online, and you think, Chris, this sounds all well and good, but I've tried this. I'm not convinced this sort of longing for God is good for me. It seems too radical or it, it can't be that simple. Or perhaps you're back in church after a long time away and you're skeptical and you think that living for God, he's actually too restrictive. He's not the one that fills joy. He's the one that kills joy. Maybe that's your experience. And so to finish, I just want to, finish with this last little section here in Psalm 84 because this section, it, what the psalmist does, I think, is the psalmist, he, he adds more brushstrokes. He piles reason upon reason, note upon note as to why this is the case, as to why living a life longing after God is worth it. So let's look, verse 9. Let's see the brushstrokes, the notes, the reasons piling upon each other. Verse 9, he says, Consider or behold our shield, God. Look on the face of your anointed one, literally translated Messiah, Christ. Look on the face of your Christ. Now, as I said, it's likely this psalm was happening while they're in exile. So this is a prayer that's prayed for the future king, the future Messiah. Because all the blessings of this psalm flow from being under his rule. And so for us today, we can look and behold Jesus for our Messiah has come. Our king has come. He is our shield. Just as a shield absorbs arrows from an enemy, our king absorbs the judgment we deserve for our sin. There is no safer place than to be hid in Christ. The Lord of armies. The brushstrokes keep coming as to why living a life longing after God is worth it. Verse 10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wicked people. The psalmist says, give me one day with God. I would toss aside a thousand anywhere else. A thousand experiencing the best pleasures this life has to offer. Just give me one day with God. That's what I want. I would rather be a doorkeeper at your house, being the lowest of the low, than to dwell in the tents of the wicked, than to live intimately with the best things this world has on offer. You're better, God. The brushstrokes, they keep coming, they're coming thick and they're coming fast and they're coming richly. Verse 11, for the Lord God is a son like a sun that brings light and life and a shield, safety. The Lord grants favour and honour. And then he says this really interesting phrase that we might read it and pause and think, how can this be? But he says, and he, God, does not withhold the good from those who walk uprightly or no good thing does he withhold to those who walk uprightly? 
And you might be thinking, whoa, 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 whoa hang on, pause. Um, how can that be true? Like, I, I hear that, that sounds fine, but I, I, I follow God and it seems like he's withholding good from me. Or I, I look at others who are living for Jesus and it seems like God is withholding good from them. How is this true? As we've seen, this verse doesn't mean that when we follow Jesus, everything is going to be rosy and fine. In fact, this psalm makes it pretty clear. There's going to be years in the valley of tears. Yet even in the valley, even when the relationship breaks and loneliness comes, when the diagnosis is heard, And the dreaded news is received. God does not withhold good from his people. God does not withhold good from his people who trust in Jesus, the only one who walked uprightly. Why? Well, the good that's talked about here isn't found in material possessions or health or a long life lived on earth. The good that is talked about is that you now have access to the living God, the Lord of armies. You can say like the psalmist, my king, my God. And he holds you safely now And for all eternity, no good thing does he withhold from those who are under his rule. He is working for the good of all who love him. Believe that. What do you long for? What are you dreaming about? Is it God? Verse 12 says, Happy is the person who trusts in you, Lord of armies. Blessed is the person who walks by faith. Joy in the valley comes when we set our sights on the mountain. Romans 8 verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 15, However it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. What do you long for? Maybe it's like me and you're longing for the Parramatta Eels to lift that trophy. And let me just say, like, whatever happens, they might win, they might lose. But, but if they win, um, I'm, uh, my wife will be hearing about it, let's just say. Because I'm a fan, I'm a loyal fan. I've got, the, I've got a jersey, more than one. Um, but I'm here to say that even if they win, there's something better. Happy is the one who trusts in Jesus, who longs for God and who longs for that better country where we will see him face to face. And I pray that that would be us.
Let me pray. Heavenly Father, better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper at your house than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Happy, blessed is the person who trusts in you. Joy in the valley comes when we set our sights on the mountain. We long for you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all that we have in Jesus. And we pray for all these things in his precious name. Amen.